דף כ"ט עמוד א', Sanctity and Prohibition, קדושה שבהן להיכן הלכה. Fascinating learning today where we're going to get deeper insight into the meaning of קדושה, what sanctity is and how you can create it in your life, how we can actually create sanctity. Uh, we don't have to wait for it to come, we, we can do things about it, we can create things, we'll extract this from the, the understanding um, of a most amazing piece of ritva. Which we, will, uh, which we will learn or touch on today. It starts off with the Mishnah back on yesterday's Dav Kafches Amud Aleph, where if a man says, korban im A man sees that his trees are being, are being plundered, they're being chopped down, or his clothes are in, at risk of being destroyed and burnt, and he makes a neder and he says, If, the, if my trees aren't chopped down or my clothes are not burnt, they, they will be a korban. Uh, I, I dedicate them to Hashem. Yeshleim pidyon. So the Mishnah says you, he can redeem them. He can take the money that they're worth and give that to the Beis HaMikdash and then he can use them. At the, 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 but if he says, if he, say, if he words it differently and says, these trees are dedicated to Hashem until they're chopped down. If they're chopped down, then they're not dedicated to Hashem. What he's, he's trying to bargain with Hashem and say, it's in your interest to leave my trees intact, because if they stay intact, they're, they're a korban to Hashem. Uh, then, then he can never redeem them. It's, it, it's very different. And the, um, the Ran explains that there are two different ways of learning this Mishnah. Does he mean korban kishik dishan ledmei korban mari? That he actually is saying the money, the value of this tree or this talis should go towards buying a sacrifice, buying a korban, which is a high form of kedusha. And some say he's just saying It's Asur Ke Korban. This is a neder. I, I will have no benefit from this as if it was a Korban. And we've talked about the correlation between the idea of Hektesh, of, of giving something to the Beis Hamikdash where there's a Korban or as a donation, and the idea of neder. That, you, that the very origin of the idea of neder comes from our capacity to be Makdish something. If we didn't have that din in the Torah that allows us to dedicate something to the Beis HaMikdash, then we wouldn't know this principle of, for, of forbidding things because that's the mechanism. If you dedicate something to the Beis HaMikdash, it becomes forbidden to everybody else. So the Ran said there's these two ways of learning it. And he says, and if it's learned as a korban, if it's learned as a, as a koin, a konam, not a korban, if it's learned just as a neder, I'm forbidding this on me. What, what's the discussion about pidyon, about redeeming it? You can redeem... Uh, something you've given to the Beis HaMikdash, and then you can redeem the object and give the money to the Beis HaMikdash instead. But when it's a konam, when you've made something forbidden to you, as, with a neder, how, how can you redeem it? What are we even talking about redemption? And he says, you've, we've got to learn that the Mishnah is, that, like Shittas Rabbi Meir, this is very important, who we have further on, the kasava, the chol hecha, shehu konam klali, when something is a general prohibition, You say, nobody can have benefit from this. I'm giving this, to, this is for the Beis HaMikdash, or just nobody can have benefit from it. Then it follows the laws of Hekdash. If it's partially restricted, if you say, my family can't eat from this food, or so-and-so can't eat from this food, or everybody except so-and-so cannot eat from this food, that's a focused konam, and it's just a konam, it's just a neder. But if you say, nobody can eat from it, it follows the rules of, of Hekdash, Of, of an object that's been given to the Beis HaMikdash, and you can redeem it. Then the Gemara goes on to say, 
Does that mean he can never redeem it? Says Barpada Pedaan Choser Vekodshois Pedaan Chozeris Vekhoisers Vekodshois Adshik Tatsu Niktsu Podim Pamachas Vedev Ulu Amakim and Shinitsu Shuven Podim. Ulu says once they have been chopped down, if he worded it in this way of saying these trees are going to be a korban until they're chopped down, once they're chopped down, they can't even be redeemed anymore. There's kind of nothing, nothing more to do. Now coming to Agamor and Dav Chavtes, says Rav Amnuna, Kedusha Sheba Hen Lehechan Halcha. When we talk about the fact that um, that that a thing can become Kodesh, so when, when the person uses this phrasing, phrasing and he says, this is a Korban until they're chopped down, then they're chopped down. What, what we, we're told, what Rav, Rav um, uh, what Ula is saying is, Kivan Shinitsatsu Shuvein Pedin, they don't need Pedion. He said they're Kurdish until they're chopped. They're now chopped. There's no Kurdish. Now you can just use them. Ask the Gemara, so what happened to the Kedusha? Where did it go? The Kedusha, the, we see Kedusha like a substance. It's on, it's attached to the object. It was there. Where did it go? Now the tree's chopped down. Where's the Kedusha gone? Ask says the Gemara, Imagine we're talking, that's interesting, the jump to Kiddushin. And we've talked about often that Kiddushin is also from Loshan Hekdesh, as Tosfus says in the beginning of Masechta Kiddushin, that there's a linkage between sanctity and, and marriage and Kiddushin in that way. Ask him if a man says, you're my wife for one day. And then a day later he says, bye, I only married you for a day. Is that going to work? We know that you need a get. That can't work. How can something be Kodesh? It's interesting that it looks at marriage that way. There too, there's Kedusha, so to say, attached to the woman. And then what, a day later, it just disappears? That doesn't make sense. You're comparing the Kedusha of value to the Kedusha of an object or a person. If it's just value, it can disappear. The Kedusha can go when time is up. But Kedusha is Haguf. Says the, uh, the run... The Rhine brings a, a piece from Rabbeinu Yonah, a question and an answer from a Rabbeinu Yonah, where Rabbeinu Yonah makes a distinction between a konam prati, if you make a, a, a restricted neder, this is prohibited to my wife, this is prohibited to my family. In such a case, it's a weaker kedusha because it's not a blanket kedusha. And we'll see what it's, going to, what, what it's going to do. What is the range of, of, of application going to do with the level of Kedusha? But we'll see that's the whole Kiddush of this Gemara, that the range of application does determine the level of Kedusha. So if you say this is forbidden to only to my wife or to my family, that's a weaker, a weaker neder, and you can put a time limit on it. You can say it's forbidden for the week. Come Shabbos, it's no longer, it's no longer forbidden. The wine in my house, my wife's not touching. Until Shabbos. You make an, an edder and then she can't, she can't drink any of the wine. Come Shabbos, she can drink the wine because the neder only applied to her. Aval konam klali. But if you make a general konam, ki like the Mishnah's case, ki alim de tafis pidyonam then it, it has like the din like hektish. If you say nobody can have wine until Shabbos, then nobody can have wine ever. If you say, put all your wine, all the wine in my house, is a koinam, nobody can touch it at all until Shabbos. You, the, the, the Kedusha doesn't go anywhere when Shabbos comes. It's attached to it and it stays attached and there's nothing you can do about it. That's, the Rabbeinu Yonah makes that chiluk, makes that difference.
Then we have an unbelievable Shalmei Nedorim. And although the Shalmei Nedorim, which quotes the Ritvo, I've brought the Shalmei Nedorim here so that you can see it because there's some important scholastic material as well. He brings the, 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 um, this run that we've just learned and the Kerenoira then asks a question on the run and explains the run very beautifully. And look what the, what the, in the second paragraph, look what the Shalmei Nedorim, remember I told you the Shalmei Nedorim is just this beautiful sefer. He only wrote, wrote on the Dorim because he thought there was very little written on the Dorim, and there is little written on the Dorim, of modern, of Achronim. So he wrote on, on the Dorim, uh, and that's really all he's left us, a 19th century uh, Talmud Chochem from, from, from Europe, from Lithuania. The Keren Oiro didn't have the Ramban with the Ritvon and Mukha Yosef, which we have at the back of our Gemorahs. It's one of the most important pieces that we have on the Dorim. The back on the Dorim, we've got not only the Rif, which only we only discovered later, but we've got the Ramban, we've got the Ritvon, we've got the Mukha Yosef, all at the back of our Gemorah, but the Kerenoira didn't have that. That, that was printed, it was discovered and published after the time of the Kerenoira. And therefore, he says, The Kerenoira, using his own logic, clarified the run, uh, but, but not fully, because he didn't have access to the Ritvo. But thank God, and we've got the light of the Ramban with the Ritvo. I've decided to include in my Sefer Shalmei Nedorim and I'm copying it verbatim. Says the, so I've copied it from the, from the Shalmei Nedorim rather than from the Ritvo itself, although it's word for word in the Ritvo, mm-hmm. so that you can just see the way the Shalmei Nedorim works with this. He gets the Kerenor, he says, yeah, the Kerenor explains it, but had he seen the Ritvo, he would have explained it even better. And this is what the Ritvo says, and when you read the Ritvo, you don't need any further explanation. That's one of the wonderful things about the Ritvo. He's a later Rishon in Spain, so he's got the axis he brings together, the, the Der Chalimud, the way of learning of the Rif and the Ramban and the Balei Tosfus from Europe. He synthesizes it all together, and he has a beautiful mastery of language. So some of these later Achronim in Spain have this clarity and they've got the depth of the Rishonim because they are Rishonim, but they also begin to talk like a Charonim a little bit. So they're accessible for us. We can understand them more easily. The Ritvo and the Ran and the Namukha Yosef. Um, and and he, the, he brings the Ritvo. It's worth any of you who are able to do so to learn the Ritvo through fully. But the Ritvo explores this whole difference between a thing which is partially forbidden and a thing which is completely forbidden. If you put a total blanket Isur on an object, then that is a heavy Isur, and it's like Hekdesh, and it doesn't disappear after an expiry date. You can't give it an expiry date. Just as Hekdesh doesn't have an expiry date, so this doesn't have an expiry date. If you, if you forbid something to the whole world except one person, you say, if, if, nobody can drink the wine in my house except me. Then that's not the same lever. It doesn't have a full length of kernel. That's not like hectish. That's, yeah, that's a kernel you've made an error. It, it's, it's a weak error. It doesn't have that permanence that hectish has. But if you put it on the whole world, then it has that permanence. Asks the Ritvo then, so what about things like hectish itself? What's the din with hectish? If you make something hectish, what's the law? Who can benefit from it? Nobody in the whole world? No. The base Hamikdash can benefit. So that's not a blanket thing. And what about when you marry a woman? 
she's permitted to you, she's not permitted to anybody else, so why don't we also say it's not a blanket issue and therefore you can put an expiry date on it? That's The, the whole thing starts with the Rabbeinu Yonah in the run. Can you put an expiry date on, a, on Kiddushin? And the, and the, and the Rishonim said, of course, you can't, you cannot. Why not? Because once the Kedusha is there, Leipaka, it doesn't go anywhere. But the, but the Ritva says, but we've just learned through in this whole principle that if you've left an opening, it isn't a blanket issue, then it's not like Hekdush, and you can build in an expiry date, explains the Ritva. That's the nature of Hekdush. Hekdush means it's forbidden to everybody except the Beis HaMikdash. So the question is, we've got to look at it and say, is there, so to say, a prohibition such as Kedusha, sanctity, resting on the object, attached to the object. If it's a blanket Isur, yes, then the object becomes also. It's not just, I'm putting a barrier between you and my wine. The wine becomes also. Do you follow the difference? The object changes its essence. It becomes also. But then it's also for everybody. You can't say it's also in its essence for this person, but not for that person. But, but if it's a blanket Isur, then the object becomes also. What about Hekdash? Hektish is also a, a blanket issue. The object changes because it's now able to be used only by the Beis Hamikdash. That's not an exception to the to the Hektish. That is what Hektish means. Hektish means this is dedicated to the Beis Hamikdash. What about marriage? The same thing. Marriage means this woman is forbidden to everybody except me. That's what marriage means. It's not that it's not a complete issue. That's that's kiddushin. That's how you define kiddushin. A beautiful idea at the end of this piece of, of Ritva. But the principle that we see from here is so important as I talked about the, our ability to create Kedusha. So Kedusha means, when we see this now, Kedusha in the sense that we're discussing it means when something is dedicated to a higher purpose. Now, which higher purpose, how, how dedicated it is, when you, when you take a woman off the street, so to say, and you dedicate her to yourself, she's my wife. There's a level of Kedusha in that. It's not just a legal contract. There's a level of Kedusha in that. You've dedicated a woman and she's agreed to be dedicated to a very specific purpose, building a home together with a man, building a base Israel together with a man and, and building a family. That's, a, that's elevating the purpose and restricting it. You take an object, you say, this is only for use in the Beis Hamikdash. Can't be used for anything else. That gives it Kedusha. You take a Siddur and you say, the Siddur is for davening. That's all it's for. That gives it Kedusha. If you say this is a book, it's an encyclopedia, and at the back of the encyclopedia, it's got the it's got the the, the Siddur is published. There's an item Siddur, and it and it publishes the whole Siddur at the back of this big encyclopedia. That doesn't have kedusha. It's an encyclopedia. It's not a Siddur. Kedusha is when it's dedicated to something. That's why I urge people not to daven from their cell phones. Cell phone has no kedusha. Why does it have no kedusha? Because its application is too wide. It's used for too much. So you're using it now to daven with, but it's not dedicated. Dedicated means it's asur to be used for anything else. You can't use a cedar for anything else. You can't use a cedar as a bookend or, or just to keep some, some papers. One has to be careful. A cedar is for one use only. That's to daven from. A chumash is to learn from. A sefer Torah is for a purpose of a sefer Torah. We can do the same with time. We can be makdish time. This time every day is for davening. This time every day is for learning. That way you bring Kedusha into that package of time because you've dedicated it. Kedusha means dedicating something for restricted use for a higher purpose. That's when there's, that's when there's Kedusha. Dedicate oneself. One can say, I'm dedicating myself to Avodah Hashem. Whether I'm at my, in my work or I'm learning Torah, whatever I'm doing is to be Mekadashem Shemayim, to glorify Hashem's name. That's what I'm dedicating my life. Then your whole life has Kedusha. 
You can dedicate your home to chesed and achnosos orchim. And, and it's true, even though you're then using your home for your own use as well, but that's, that's what you need to do in order for it to function, but you've dedicated it to a higher cause. The moment we take something ordinary and we restrict its usage by dedicating it to something higher, it's not dumb restricting its usage. That's an ordinary neder, explains the Ritual. If I say this wine is, is asur to everybody except uh, Yankele, then that's not kedusha. I've just restricted the usage. I haven't elevated it to a higher purpose. But if I say this wine is also to anybody except the Beis Amikdash to be used on the Mizbech, then I've elevated the wine. So when we restrict something, the usage of something, because we've dedicated it to higher purpose, that's how we introduce Kedusha into an object, into a person, into a time, and into our lives. 